Hi, and welcome to the Time Feel Health podcast with me, Lewis Pierce, and my co-host, Matthew Long. In today's episode, we discuss the six human needs that everyone has, the basic survival instincts the brain is pre-programmed to always fulfill, and we wrap up the episode with the one change you must make in order to live a fulfilling and happy life. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a review on your favorite podcast provider, as that will help us reach more people that may benefit from our message. So let's get started with today's episode. What's up, Matt? Finally got the uh, got it all working. We've had a right palaver, haven't we? Trying to get this Zoom. Oh, well, I haven't had a palaver, mate. It's all your end. <laughs> it, is, it is, mate. Brand new laptop, done work. Fantastic. Just what you want to hear. Yeah. Put it back in the box. Send it back. <laughs> yeah, exactly, mate. Awesome. So we're here now, anyway. So let's get cracking with um, today's topic. So today, I want to talk about. Um, the six core human needs, but before we get into that, I want Matt to tell us a little bit about the monkey brain. Yeah, okay, so uh, we need to understand how the brain works. Now, when it comes down to the, the bare bones of our, uh, uh, of our, you know, caveman instincts, whatever you want to call it, the, the, the monkey brain, uh, our subconscious part of our brain, uh, we have two sides of our brain. Uh, the left hemisphere of our brain is the analytical. It de- you know it deals with uh, um, sequence, uh, cautiousness. It can have a bit of cautiousness in there, but maths, logic, science, all that kind of stuff. And uh, and when we have uh, controlled motor skills, so we're actually doing something specific. Uh, the right side of our brain, the right hemisphere, is our imagination, our creative, our deep thought. You know. Uh, all that kind of stuff, and uh, it's um, it's that part of our brain that uh, we access when we're doing things like hypnosis and hypnotherapy, and uh, you know that subconscious part of our brain. Now, the basic instinct of requirement for our brain is survival and seeking out happiness and pleasure. Uh, if it's happy and it's in a pleasure situation, then of course the survival box is been met it doesn't worry about it um, so it always wants to be happy it wants to be comfortable it wants to be in pleasure and uh, and that's basically the two things that our subconscious part of our brain the monkey brain all it wants to require out of life is to survive and be happy so we can feed into that we can feed into that all the time uh, and use that to our advantage um, when it comes to things like stress anxiety we we know that our imagination is, uh, is powerful and that our subconscious part of our brain doesn't know the difference between our imagination and reality. And uh, that might sound a bit wacky, but when we think about watching a film, um, classic horror film, for example, uh, and you feel fear, yet you know it's not real. But because your subconscious is seeing it and is imagining that it's happening, you actually feel fear. So that's how we know the subconscious part of our brain doesn't know the difference. And it might not be fear. It, you know, it could be anything, any situation. If you were to just close your eyes and imagine you're lying on a sun lounger on a beach on holiday and the sun's shining and the waves are lapping against the shore, and just close your eyes and hear the birds singing. And even just for a few moments of doing that, you feel yourself relax. Because your brain, your subconscious brain, believes 
as you're imagining it, it believes you're there. And you will relax. And that's what meditation and all that kind of stuff is tapping into, is tapping into that part of the imagination and your subconscious brain to be able to relax and calm down. Mindfulness is a classic example of that. Taking time to realize what nature's like and how beautiful it is and how amazing it is. And you will automatically relax and feel better. You'll get endorphin releases uh, and it'll feel, it feels good. Uh, but the trouble is with our daily busy lives, we don't do enough of it. You know, so uh, we need to, you know, take time out on, uh, you know, even if it's just for five minutes a day, take time out for ourselves to be able to chill out, relax, imagine being on holiday, and it'll feel like you're on holiday. There's uh, a bit of science behind this as well. It's been proven that if you imagine doing a particular workout, um, particular muscle group, and you sit there and focus for 20 minutes, on say doing bicep curls, tricep dips, things like that, and really focus on how it would feel if you were actually doing it, the body will start to strengthen those muscles, even though you haven't done anything. So you're- Just improving that mind-muscle connection, aren't you really? Yeah, but that subconscious part of your brain, which controls all those things that happens in your body, is believing you're doing a workout. So it's gonna send the right proteins and everything else, those muscle fibers to improve their strength, improve their endurance, uh, so there's a lot to be said about uh, using your imagination and um, visualization. It, it's, a, it's a powerful tool. So you imagine if you can yeah. think about and focus on just improving one part of your body and making it stronger without actually entering a gym, then just imagine what you're going to do when you actually do go to the gym as well uh, and using those imagination techniques while you're visualizing what you're doing in the gym. And that's why we have things like mirrors in gyms, not only for good form, but if when you can see yourself doing the workout, your brain is making that connection that you're doing something and it's using that part of the brain. Now, our subconscious monkey brain, um, it's the part of the brain that we also use when we have an argument, when we don't think first, when we don't analyze it first. And it's that initial response that we might have in an argument where we might say something that we regret later. So we need to control that part of our chimp brain, our monkey brain, um, through practice, through imagination, through visualization, so that we can actually go, hold on a minute, before I respond to this, I'm just gonna feed, the, you know, fuel the fire in this argument if I don't actually just take a step back, get the chimp to calm down, and just come out with the analytical side of your brain and what you really should respond with. So we really sometimes need to take control of our chimp. We won't go too much into that. Um, and I'm going to do a little bit of advertising for a book that is absolutely fantastic. And, uh, and it's just, the name's just gone out of my head. <laughs> In paradox. That's the one. Well done. Yeah. That's my monkey brain going, no, no, don't do it. <laughs> the, uh, the, the chimp paradox. That's the one. Uh, and it's on audio and it's a fantastic book to realize how, uh, we respond emotionally, et cetera, et cetera. It's a, it's, it's a great, great listen to. Uh, I prefer listening to audios and reading. Um, but we also have something else in our brain, uh, part of a brain called the amygdala. Um, that's uh, positioned centrally in our brain. And that's the bit that responds to our uh, flight, flight, freeze response. And we'll decide whether to flood you with good hormones or bad hormones, depending on its emotional response. And 
if, for example, you're in a fear situation, then of course you're going to be fueled with loads of adrenaline and all sorts of stuff to be able to fight your way out of it, run away from it, whatever you need to do to deal with the situation. But of course, it also triggers the good hormones, the uh, endorphins, the serotonin. So through whether you're actually doing something that you really like doing, whether you like fishing or watching films, you're going to be fueled with endorphins, etc., which make you feel good. Going to the gym, for example, you know, you get fueled with endorphins off that. And it's the amygdala that decides what hormones and what you're going to, how you're emotionally going to respond to the situation. And uh, that's basically it. Two, two basic instincts that our subconscious likes, and that is to survive and seek out pleasure and happiness. Yeah. And for a lot of Sorry, so you're going to break that down to a lot more bite-sized chunks for people. Uh, yeah. So um, please do carry on. Take it from there. No worries, mate. I think just following on from that, I want to just say that with those two needs that, the, that you ultimately want, happiness and to survive, I think the reason why so many people are unhappy and are so stressed out, anxious all the time is because they don't have control of their imagination. Their imagination controls their life. Yeah, and uh, anxiety is a, a, a fantastic example of that. Um, anxiety is when you're worrying about what might happen. So you're imagining worst case scenario a lot of the time. You know, what happens if I do this? What happens if that happens? What happens, blah, blah, blah. And you're constantly using your imagination to find the worst case scenario. And, uh, you, know, you know, people who, uh, I've, I've helped people who had accidents in cars and they then get really anxious about having to drive somewhere, which is understandable. You've had, you know, quite a serious accident in a car and you're anxious about getting back in the car and, you know, maybe an accident's going to happen again. Uh, and that's your flight flight um, kicking in because you've been in that situation before, you've been driving and you've had a bad accident. So you really need to obviously overcome that because the chances of you having another accident of that severity uh, pretty remote you may have driven for 20 30 years without having an accident all of a sudden you have an accident and your brain your chimp brain goes i don't want to get in that car it's dangerous yeah and we need to be able to control that and hypnotherapy hypnosis is great for that using your imagination just to focus on the pleasure of going in that car and enjoying that journey listening to your favorite music going somewhere that you like to go to meeting a friend for coffee you know how much you're going to enjoy that so focus on the pleasure side of it rather than the what ifs yeah um, people with people with anxiety are actually some of the best people to have hypnosis and hypnotherapy because their imagination is already running wild and it's tapping into that imagination that we use to help people change their emotional state during hypnosis yeah i think well something that i worked with someone not too longer who really really battled with um with their emotions and one of the biggest pieces of advice that I gave to her was something called, I don't know if you've heard of this, Matt, it's called drop down through method. No, I haven't, no. It's, where, it's basically what you've already said, mate, where you basically, you just imagine that you're in a house, right? Imagine, say you're, you're worrying about something, you're panicking about something, something's going on that's causing you to have some kind of negative emotion. Imagine that you're in a house and you're upstairs, right? You're on the second or the first floor, sorry, in a room. And this emo you're sat down in the middle of this room and this room is just full of this negative emotion that you're feeling, right? Next thing you want to do is you imagine that the room directly below you. So it's easiest if you do this and imagine your own house because you know your own house, what it looks like. It's more vivid if you actually have been there. So imagine that the room below you is full of 
your happiest memory. So it could be your wedding day. It could be, like Matt said, an amazing holiday to the Maldives or, or whatever it is. And then you go back to that negative room that you're in and you basically imagine that you are, that you fall through the floor and you automatically shift your focus from the negative emotion and you start focusing on this room that's full of this happy emotion. Now you may have to do it a few times. You may have to keep repeating that drop down through method, but it will eventually help you deal with your emotions better. The negative emotion may not go altogether, but you will be able to gradually train your brain to automatically shift your focus just to a happy thought because ultimately your negative emotions and your negative feelings is just your imagination thinking of the worst scenario and you've got to think of a better scenario. So I just wanted to chuck that in there in case, because I know that's helped a few people I've worked with with them implementing drop down three method. Yeah. Uh, and you, you know, I say using your imagination to focus on, uh, you know, or remember a, a positive, happy place. Even if you've never been on holiday there, uh, we've all seen stuff on TV, you know, and we can all imagine just lying on a beach, on a sun lounger, the warm sun, cool breeze. And, and if you just immerse yourself into that imagination, you, you will immediately start to relax. For some people, it might be going out in the woods, you know, where you totally relax. It might be being on a boat. You know, I remember, I remember when I was in my uh, uh, early 20s, going with a friend on a, a boat on the river for a, a, a short holiday. And uh, the, when we first went off on the, on the river, chugging away um on the you know the little engine chugging away it was just so peaceful and relaxing and uh opened a can of john smith's <laughs> and it just felt like the whole stress in my body just melted away and i can still imagine that now and remember it and feel it and it was just so so relaxing yeah and when you can shift your focus to thinking about that you automatically feel a hell of a lot better don't you yeah you do i just feel relaxed now yeah, it's because you've got my, you know, dulcet tones in your ears, mate. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, right, we've gone completely off tangent. So yes, and we're uh, we're getting too relaxed here. Let's, yeah, let's move it on. Right, wake up, focus. Come on, right. So today we want to talk about the six core human needs. Obviously, Max just told us about the the two core, core, core needs. Right, happiness. Basic instincts. Yeah. Yeah, instincts. And today, moving on to now to the six human needs, they are. These are six human needs, right? Different people will prioritize them differently. Okay, so we've got, of those six human needs, we've got four that are personality-based. So someone's personality will be made up of, will be dependent on the, the order that they prioritize these four human needs. Okay, so the first one is certainty, right? So this is the first of the six human needs. This is the first of the personality human needs. And... Again, you may be listening thinking, oh yeah, certainty is something that I need in my life. Certainty is something that I don't need in my life. Yeah, so they have equal and opposing needs. Every need that you have, there is an opposite. Okay, so you've got certainty and you've got variety and you will generally lean towards one or the other, right? And basically, leaning towards one or the other, you lean that way because that is what makes you feel happy and that is what makes you feel safe right so you've got certainty we've got variety um what do you think you've got matt do you think you lean towards more towards certainty or variety oh i i that's a, that's a tough one really i was just thinking it as you just before you asked me i'm like which way do i lean um because we all like certainty but certainty for me 
um, I would say it's quite evasive because I'm always challenging myself. So I'm always uncertain of what we're going to get. So I suppose with that, I would probably feel I lean to variety because yeah. I do. You know, I mean, one of the reasons why I do the job I do is because it is so varied and yeah. it's definitely not boring uh, because of that. Um, so I think, yeah, variety. Um, definitely. It's like when I go kayaking on a weekend, I, I don't get to the same place each time. If I went to the same place each time, I'd be certain of what I'm going to see, what I'm going to feel, what I'm going to experience. But I don't go to the same place each time because I like the new experiences. I like to experience new things. I like to, uh, you know, really appreciate, you know, the, the nature around me when I'm kayaking. And if I keep going back to the same place, it just gets boring. So, yeah, I've, deep diving into myself there. Uh, I think, yes, I like variety rather than certainty. Yeah. I think to a certain extent, everyone has to have a certain amount of certainty in their life. You, know, you need to have a certain degree of control. You know, hence why people, you know, when people, for example, starting their business or whatever, they have a figure of how much they need to earn to pay the bills, which yeah. is ultimately a level of certainty. And then from there, that's when you've got the space to have variety and experiment and try different things and everything like that. So I think everyone needs a certain degree of certainty. I think that comes down to, you know, having a house, having a roof over Yeah, you. I think we, we all like a bit of structure in our lives and that would bring us certainty. Like we know we've got yeah. a job or if whatever, we, you know, we're going to get up, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. And like I say, that's, that gives us our daily tasks that we've got to achieve each day. And that's a certainty in the fact that we need to achieve it, so we're going to do it. Um, whether it's just getting up and sorting out your children, whatever it is. Uh, walking the dog, for me, uh, you know, it's a certainty, I've got to do it. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to think about it when it's a certainty. It's not something you have to particularly uh, focus on because it just happens. It's almost like clockwork. Yeah, it's having that routine, isn't it? That, cert that certain routine yeah. as the foundation of your life that then enables you to then have variety. But I think if you haven't got, if you haven't got that certainty, if your life is an absolute shambles, you're disorganised, you've got no real structure to your day, to your weeks or anything like that, then chucking in variety just add fuel, adds, adds fuel to the fire. I think you have to have a certain degree of certainty in your life, a certain degree of organisation. Well, we know we are creatures of routine. And if we can have a nice uh, routine that we don't have to think about, it just makes life easier and less stressful. Uh, and we know we're creatures of routine because, you know, you go into a, uh, a classroom environment, for example, and you get to sit wherever you like. And then uh, the next day you go back to the classroom and you get to sit wherever you like. But 99% of us will sit in exactly the same place as we were the day before for no apparent reason. But other than we like familiarity, we like routine, we like to, you know, uh, we, we don't like to stress ourselves out by having to think too hard. That, could be, that comes down to that safety side of things, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Comfortable. Happy. <laughs> yeah. So that's the first two, certainty, variety. Yeah. So depending on someone's um, personality, they'll either lean more towards one or the other. So have a think about, as a listener, which one do you think is more important to you? The chances are you have to have a certain degree of certainty, but look at the reason why you may be getting stressed out, the reason why you may be getting anxious, is because you haven't got enough certainty, right? Um, I know that my wife, she, she's a very anxious individual. She overthinks, she has an active over her imagination. She worries a lot and she needs that certainty in her life. 
yeah, to feel in control, to feel safe, and in order to be happy. But at the same time, she needs variety to be happy. You know what I mean? You know, you've got to get that balance of certainty in your life, routine, planning, you know what's going on, but also chuck a bit of a spice in your life in there, you know, keep things interesting, you know, excite yourself, you know what I mean? So you've got to make sure you've got the, the right balance for you. And, and more so for these needs, I guess it's a way of you understanding the people that you care about more rather than yourself. It's all well and good you know what you need. But if you're in a relationship, especially a marriage, um, I think if you can learn to understand from what we talk about today, understand your partner better, it's only going to prove to strengthen your relationship even more and help you understand other people that you come across as well in your life. So I should have probably said that at the start, but or whatever. So don't worry too much about the, the needs that you have. Think about how the needs that the people you love have as well. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we, we go back to the basics there. Eh? If you're um, fulfilling someone else's needs, um, not only are you going to make them happy, but by making them happy, you're going to be happy. And it comes back to those two basic needs that we have, or the two basic instincts of being happy. Yeah. Exactly, mate. The next two, I don't know if these are really opposing. I don't really know. Um, we'll discuss and decide. Got significance and love and connection. Significance and love and connection. All right, so what I see significance as is feeling important, yeah? That people give a crap about you, yeah? That you're not just in the background. People want to feel loved, they want to feel cared. You know what I mean? Cared that for. Puts, that puts a value on yourself, though, doesn't it? You know, you feel valued. Uh, yeah. If you don't feel valued, then you're going to probably feel a little bit empty. Mm -hmm. uh, whether it be work, whether it be home, whether it be, uh, you know, whatever, with, with family, whatever. It, you know, we've got, to ha we've got to feel valued in life. We've got to feel worthwhile. Otherwise, yeah. uh, you're just going to feel probably depressed. Yeah. I think that some people go around, go around significance in the completely wrong way, though. There's two ways to feel significant. You can, for example, if you're building a, a building in the city, right? There's two ways that you can be the tallest building in the city. You can either build the biggest building in the city, which takes time, it takes effort, it takes consistency, or you can just blow up everybody else's. <laughs> like that idea. <laughs> yes, and that's, well, you know. It's yeah, got trolls, and think, that trolls on their, in their life, you know? People that are trolling people online and being negative and hating on people and just being a bit of a douchebag. They're generally people that are trying to get a bit of attention because they feel insignificant. Yeah. yeah. They're not, they're going about it. The easy by, way. by putting other people down. Yeah. You feel more important because it's easier to bring other, to bring other people or try and bring other people to your level. It's easier than actually working on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Growth, which we'll go on to in a second. Trying to improve yourself, become the best version of yourself, it takes time, it takes effort, it takes years, it's, it never really ends. So if you say to someone, you know, make yourself feel better by improving yourself, they'd be like, mm, maybe. If someone else comes on and goes, see what, just go and make Matt feel absolutely horrible about his life, it'll take you about 10 seconds, but you'll feel better instantly. They'll be like, I'm gonna go down that way. If they've got no values, if they've got no, yeah, yeah, and that's uh, where we you know go back to the chimp brain. 
because the chimp brain will probably go for the the the, the more um, aggressive option rather than the analytical brain trying to work out what we actually need to do to make our own lives better. Yeah, uh, that, like I said, that takes work and effort, and the chimp chimp party brain is naturally lazy. Yeah, he goes for the easiest option every time. It comes down to self awareness, I think. You've got to be because it's normal, right? As kids, you retaliate, right? In like, I was going to see Evelyn at nursery, pick her up. If your kid takes a toy, she's going to punch her in the face, or she's going to bite her, or she's going to scream. Yeah, and it's because she wants said toy. She reacts, yeah. And that's the easiest way of getting it back is by snatching it, rather than saying, "Excuse me, can I have that back?" Whatever. And I think it's just a naturally, it's a natural progression through life is to not re- obviously to, to not rely on other people's opinion on you to feel significant that's significant that's and significant. learn how to control your little chimp brain yeah or well, the significance comes from within you yeah well we got i mean Tell me. very uh, a very cliche saying you know count your blessings uh, when you say count your blessings you don't literally count them but you can just look at your life and think actually you know what is it that you've got in your life that actually you like and love and uh, you know that you've achieved because quite often uh, and workplaces are terrible for it they'll only ever notice the bad things you do but our chimp brain will only remember the bad things in life or that would be the thing it focuses on rather than the good things in life so we quite often have to just you know take a step back and just think well actually it's not that bad you know we've done this in our lives we've got good things in our lives we've got a roof over our head we've got food on the table and those are your, you know, your basic needs of, you know, for happiness. You don't need all the other stuff. It's nice to have, but you don't need. Yeah. Uh, well, and that, a lot of people will say, oh, but I need my mobile phone. Well, do you really? It's nice to have it. It's convenient. It helps you do things. But if it, all the networks in the world went down tomorrow, would we still survive? Of course we would. A few might not because they haven't got the brain power to uh, <laughs> adapt to things out themselves. <laughs> without google let's go back to carrier pigeons mate yeah it, yeah well hap- the definition of happiness is what i was going to say a second ago is wanting what you already have that is happiness yeah mm. and i think the people that project negativity they try and bring people down they are unhappy and they feel insignificant because they've got unrealistic expectations of what they who they should be yeah comparison is a thief for joy and they also are unhappy with what they have but they're not doing anything to change it. Yeah. Yeah. And they're projecting all that negativity outwards on other people. And you do see a lot on social media, uh, uh, people complaining and bitching and moaning and uh, crisis, you know, be so much nicer if people would just put joyful, happy posts on and bring everyone up. (laughs) You know, I'm not saying, you know, lie about your life to make everyone think you're great, but, you know, if you've done something that day and you've achieved something, you know, let people know about it. You know, if something nice has happened to you because someone else has done something, let people know about it because that feeds happiness. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's a nice thing to do just to share, share the love. Yeah. So wrapping up significance, I think there's two types of significance. There's feeling significant from within and there's feeling significant from other people's, um, opinions of you whether they think that you're a good person or a bad person you know you want to be noticed yeah so if you can if you can be self-aware and train yourself train your brain to 
have a good opinion of yourself, then that is ultimately the kind of significance that you want to be striving for. And that's when you'll become content with life. And that's when happiness really starts to, to materialize is when you're content with life and it all starts from within. So that's significance. Anything else to add to that, Matt? Or should we move on to the next one? No, let's move on. I like that. Awesome. Okay, so the next one, opposing significance is love and connection. All right? Love and connection. So some people will need more love and connection with, with others than, than others. It's as simple as that, really. Um, use me as an example. Um, I'm a bit of a lone wolf. I'm quite happy in my own company, doing my own thing. But some people need to be a part of a group. They need to be part, a part of a relationship. You see people, when I was, especially when I was a teenager, people would be in a relationship and then the next day they'd be with somebody else because <laughs> they crave that love and that attention and that connection from, from other people ultimately. Um, so have a think about how the people around you, where would they want to feel love? I know Sarah's definitely someone that um, wants love and affection. You know, from me, obviously we're married and vice versa, but um, I'd say love and connection isn't massively high on my priority priority list. I'm pretty happy just doing things myself, you know what I mean? What about you, Matt? What do you think about love and connection? Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned it earlier about being aware of other people's needs and helping to fulfill their needs. And by, you know, by, you know, giving that love and affection when Sarah needs it, probably allows you then to have that space for you to then go off and and be on your own because she's happy that 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 connection between the two of you is strong and stable and you know when you go and disappear in the office for two or three hours she's content in the fact that you you know you'll come back out and meet her needs again with some love and affection yeah and i think i think if someone's chasing significance too much from other people to feel important then they lose that love and connection with them because they're two very different feelings aren't they mm, absolutely yeah being feeling significant is very much a, a sense of power and control i suppose whereas love and connection is about mutual almost serving another person is love and connection isn't it yeah. you are serving another person if you love them really yeah and meeting their needs yeah whereas if significance is the complete opposite where i suppose you could have classes significance being a bit selfish and love and connection being Unselfish. Uh, selfless, yeah. Yeah. 100%. So you've got to make sure that, um, yeah, significance you've got from within. You know, you, you are satisfied with who you are as an individual. You're comfortable in your own skin, I suppose. And you don't need that approval from others. Then at the same time, you're saving that approval from others. And actually, you, and then you giving it to others, the people that you love and connecting with them by showing that you love and affect them. Yeah. And this, this would be a good a good time that if you wanted to do so, you could just pause the audio and just think about the people in your life and try and analyse what you think they need. Try and just focus on and realise what their needs are. Because sometimes I think we go through life, we don't, you know, whether it be a friend or a partner or whatever, we don't actually analyse what their needs are. And sometimes their needs can surprise us all of a sudden when it suddenly changes but we haven't realized what their needs were in the first place. And it might be that that need that suddenly surprised us was, was always there. We just never recognized it. Yeah. Uh, and that can obviously cause, you know, maybe confrontation. Um, so if we actually just focus on our friends, family, uh, and like I say, you can pause for a, for a little bit if you need, if you want to do it now and, and just 
focus on those individuals and try and realize what their needs are. Are they someone who needs that recognition? Are they someone who needs love and affection? Uh, you know, companionship, whatever it is. And, it, you know, and I'm thinking about it now in my head about some friends of mine and my, my wife as well, uh, what her needs are. And it'll be something that I'm going to probably spend time after this recording, just maybe even writing it down um, just to, so that I'm aware of what their needs are on a more conscious level. Yeah. End of the day, everyone needs to feel significant. That's why it's a human need. So you, it's kind of, you give out love and connection to somebody. They receive your love and connection and feel significant. They then give that significance that they feel back to you, that energy back to you in love and affection. And then you feel significant. And it's a two-way street. Yeah, you've got to make sure that you're doing both those things. And in order to do both those things, if maybe your relationships, there's a bit of a rift there, there's a bit of, bit of friction there, maybe because you're not making the person that you're supposed to love or that you love, you're not making them feel significant, yeah, for whatever reason. And then therefore, they don't feel significant, so they're not giving it back to you. So you don't feel significant. I mean, you just dislike each other yeah, because you're not serving each other's needs, right? So I'm no love coach, right? I'm going to put that out right now as a disclaimer. I'm no relationship coach. But, but it's just all, common sense. We all know that, uh, you know, listening's better than talking. Yeah. And me, so two ears, mate, and one mouth. Yeah, me, me and you, Lewis, we just do a lot of talking on these podcasts, but that's obviously what they're there for. But well, listening to partners and friends to recognise their needs uh, might be something that next time you meet these people, you can do that. Actually listen and see what their needs are. It might not be obvious in their conversation, but you know, if you're thinking about it and focusing on it, you might actually see what their needs are. Yeah, and if you can't, then ask them. Absolutely. Don't be scared to ask. Yeah. What is it? Put your body phone down and have a conversation. <laughs> you know, and it might be you just ask a simple question. You say, you know, am I making you happy? Is there something in our relationship that uh, you would like to change or develop or, you know, move forward with? Um, because we don't often analyze our own relationships. We just get in a rut and we just stay the same and expect everything to be all right. But people change, people grow, people grow at different rates. And, you know, we sometimes do need to take a step back and see, you know, recognize what our, each other's needs are. Yeah, definitely, mate. 100%. It's about being self-aware, but also being aware of others. It's mm. just having it all and just not living in your little cocoon of emotions, which is what so many people do. They just literally, like we've already said, your, your imagination controls you. And because your imagination controls you, you completely forget about these six human needs. You forget about other people's needs your own needs and your life just has zero direction, zero satisfaction and your monkey brain isn't satisfied and life sucks. Yeah. You've got to prioritize getting control of that emotion, of that emotion in your imagination. Once you do both of those things, you then they've got the mental capacity to be more self-aware, do self-assessments. And then once you, you're more, you're more aware of yourself and how, what you need, you can then figure out what other people need. That's kind of the process. Control your emotions, uh, here's the example of how we can get it totally wrong. You know, you walk into work one morning and someone in the office or wherever you work says, oh, you look tired. Now you can take that one of two ways. Yeah. You could take it, oh, I look like shit today. Oh, you know, I must look haggard. I must look awful. And you're telling me I look awful. That's really horrible of you. How dare you say that to me? And your chimp brain might respond with something really nasty back. Or you could just think back, well, hold on. That person's showing concern that I'm tired. 
uh, you know, and they might be, you might have had a, a, you know, a bad night the night before, you might not have slept well, and they're just showing genuine concern for your well-being. And you go, and you then can obviously lead with a conversation, yeah, I didn't sleep very well last night. Uh, and they might then just go, right, I'll go make you a coffee, coffee or something, you know, wake you up a little bit, help you out, mm. uh, and have a chat about it, whatever. But uh, you could take it one or two ways. You can be, take it to the extreme and think you're being insulted, or you can take the other extreme where they're, you know, they're, they're there to help you and want and, and concerned about your well-being. It's just, I think, socially we're conditioned to think the worst of everyone. We're socially yeah, conditioned to be defensive. That's a basic survival instinct. Yeah, so you've got to, again, it comes down to self-awareness. You've got to be self-aware of how you're reacting. Yeah, and have a bit of empathy and put yourself in other people's shoes. Yes, she may have said that you look a bit tired today. Right. She may have meant no harm by it. You're choosing, you have the choice to, like Matt's already said, you've got a choice of whether you take the offence. Anyone that's ever offended by anything, you are choosing to be offended. Okay, Absolutely. just out there. Everything in your life is a choice, yeah? You choose how you react, how you how you respond to something. Um just live in the real world and just stop thinking that this is how I used to think, is that everyone's out to get you. Yeah? Because they're not. Yeah. And that comes down to, I think, trying to feel significant, I suppose. Everyone wants to feel significant. That's probably, I reckon that's probably the biggest need of them all is significance, the biggest one that we see projected outwards. Probably the one we don't recognise either. It's the one we recognise the least. Yeah. So it's, it's probably, that's probably the most important one, isn't it? Significance. Yeah. If you don't feel significant, then it's a whole load of negativity coming out of you. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, don't need that. No. Okay, so that's certainty we've covered, variety, significance, love and connection. Those are the four personality needs. Then we've got two spiritual needs, okay? The first one is growth, right? This is a spiritual need where you, you want to be tested. You want to be made to feel uncomfortable. You want to feel like you're improving, right? Look at it this way. When have you ever tried something that's been really, really difficult? You've been trying it for ages. And then you got it right. How good was that feeling, knowing that you'd done something that you tried for ages to do and felt great? An example of that is Evelyn. She tries, like at the moment, she's obsessed with dressing herself. And she's, she's two and a half, so she's at the age where she kind of can dress herself, but she kind of can't as well. Like she can put her socks on pretty, pretty well. Yeah, trousers. Yeah, top is a bit of a challenge. But whenever she gets her socks and trousers on, she stands up and she goes, Daddy, I did it! I did it! She feels bloody amazing because she's put her bloody socks on. Yeah? And that is a spiritual need of growth where you, where you want to feel like you're getting better. Yeah? Mm -hmm. And you're improving. Yeah? And then the opposite of growth is contribution. Right? And this is where, like for, for an example that comes springs to mind is of me, I went to the gym. Yeah, I started going to the gym about 10 years ago. Yeah, it was about 10 years ago. And I, I wanted to get you in back because I wanted to grow. I wanted to get bigger. I wanted to get stronger. I wanted to get in better shape. I wanted to get fitter and better conditioned. But there's only so far that that will take you until you think, yeah, I'm getting pretty bored of this now. <laughs> I, I, know how to, I know how to lift weights effectively. I know how to get stronger. I'm not being challenged enough. And that's when contribution comes into play. Yeah? Because in order to make that feeling of growth and achievement continue... You want to see it in others yeah and that's what i do what i do because 
I already know how to do everything when it comes to nutrition and exercising. I say everything. You know, I know how to get in shape. I know how to be live a healthy lifestyle. But people don't. A lot of people out there don't. And helping them do that and seeing how their life changes and how they achieve new things in their life makes that sense of achievement that I had 10 years ago come back again. It makes you feel yeah. good. You know what I mean? So, Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I've, I love mentoring people who start up their own business, uh, whether it be talking through taxation or uh, social media advertising or whatever. Uh, I mean, I'm no guru on all those things, but I've, I've had to experience it and go through it myself. Uh, and I love mentoring people in that same field. Um, and I love it in the actual field that I'm trained in, whether it be massage, acupuncture, or hypnotherapy, uh, to be able to help people who are up and coming, starting their own business in, these, in, in the same trade, and, uh, and mentoring them. I, I don't charge for that because I just like to help. You know, I like to encourage, I like to mentor. Uh, and, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it does give you a good sense of well-being and significance, going back to that one, you know, and it's a need that uh, I, I enjoy meeting. Yeah, they all tie back to significance. Like growth is, growth is feeling significant inside you, yeah, because you've like, got that sense of satisfaction. But it's also that sense of significance because someone said, or maybe not said, someone may have said to you if they know that you've done, done well, they'll be like, nice one, well done. You could all pat on the back. If you're significant, you feel like you've achieved something. Yeah. And then that contribution side of things is you then sharing that energy that you received from your growth and projecting it outwards. So it all comes down to looking at these, right? Looking at these six human needs written down. The first one, so certainty. You need certainty in your life. You need to feel significant within yourself. You need to constantly prioritize personal growth once you've done though once you're doing those three things or you have those three things within you in your own life you can then focus on the other three yeah you can then introduce variety you can then introduce love and connection and you can then contribute to other people's lives because you've filled your own cup up first right but if you try and do it the other way around i think that's when you lose control yeah, that's when people, you want variety in your life, but you haven't got any kind of control over your life. You want to, you know, you, you give everything that you have to others with love and connection, but you've got nothing back, so you're feeling insignificant. You try and contribute to other people's lives, but you're not growing as an individual, you become stagnate. You stagnate because you have nothing left to give. You've got to focus on the, the first ones, right? So certainty, right? Focus on that. Significance, develop that within yourself. Growth, make sure that you are doing something that's pushing you and helping you feel significant within yourself because that's ultimately going to tie in together. Only once you've got those three things, certainty and control in your life, you feel significant within yourself and you are growing as an individual. I think only once you've got those three things in place can you then move on to the other three. Yeah, you introduce variety into your life and you've got no control at all. Most people are going to get anxiety over that. Yeah, if you have no idea where your life's going, what's happening, what's even going on now, you're going to feel out of control. So in order to have variety in your life, you need to have a base level of certainty. That base level will vary for different people. You can't love and connect with somebody if you don't even know who you are. Yeah, Because if you don't know who you are, you're going to struggle to understand other people. Right? So you're not going to connect with people properly. You're not going to shift that energy from you to them because you have no energy to shift because you don't know who the hell you are. 
And then contribution. Well, you can't contribute to somebody if you don't know anything. Yeah. So you've got to, if you're listening to this, you've got to make sure that you've got certainty, inner significance, and you're growing as an individual in place in your life so that you can actually then return that or give to others that. Does that make sense what I just said, Matt? Well, I'm just talking yeah. about I think what we can, maybe another word that we can even add in with significance is recognition. One of the ways you can feed someone's significance and make them feel significant is by recognizing their worth, giving them that recognition. Like I say, giving them a pat on the back, whatever it is, uh, you know, just to let them know that you appreciate them. Yeah. And you can't ultimately, the fact that you don't feel significant within yourself, the fact that you don't have any certainty in your life and you're not growing as an individual, that's your fault. Yeah. Or it's your responsibility, sorry. It may not be your fault, but maybe it's your responsibility to develop more of that. And like I've said before in previous, ep- previous episodes, you're in control of your life. You're in control of everything within your life, yeah, to a certain degree, especially the decisions that you make. So you've got to take ownership of these six human needs, primarily those three that we just talked about, certainty, significance, and growth, and make sure that you are doing them yourself. You are striving to create inner significance, that so you have control over your life and that you're growing because no one else is going to do them for you. It's as simple as that. You can't, someone else can't teach you something if you don't want to learn. Yeah. Someone can't make you feel significant if you're not, if you don't want to feel that way. Yeah. Someone can't give you control over your life. You've got to take it. So you've got to take ownership of these six human needs. Yeah. Take ownership and actually create them within your own life. Cause I'm not just going to flip and manifest and appear just because you're imagining it. You do have to create it yourself. Right, you have to take control of your life yourself, and then once you've done that, you can then you're then becoming the best version of yourself, and you can then give to others. Yeah, you can then give that love and connection and spread that positivity within your out into the outside world. But if you've got no positivity and happiness within yourself, how are you going to serve others? Which is ultimately what our purpose on. We, we We find we're naturally drawn to, you know, happy, positive people. You know, we've all know people who are just suck the life out of you, depressing, always moaning, always whinging, and quite often about absolutely trivial shit. You know, and it's up to them to change their attitude towards everything. You know, they need to, you know, focus on the positive and not keep focusing on the negative. And of course, you know, it will bring you down. If you surround yourself with negative people, you'll become a negative person. Uh, so you know surround yourself with positive people and you will be a more positive person because they will help you nurture and grow each other they want you know they want you to be positive they want you to grow they want to help and and that positivity around people and i certainly have done this with my life as i've got older is i've got rid of the toxic people in my life the people that bring you down the negative people the ones who are always trying to put you down and and that's a choice that's a choice you have to make you know, get rid of the toxic things in your life. Your environment, mate. That's a great, great point, mate. I think it makes it a hell of a lot easier to satisfy your human needs in the order that they need to be satisfied when you're surrounded by people that are already doing what you want to be doing. Yeah. You're already surrounded by people that have control over their life. You're already surrounded by people that feel significant within themselves and don't need recognition and, and promotion from others. You're surrounded by people that are growing on a daily basis, whether it's through journaling, self-awareness, learning, studying. 
if you're surrounded by all of those people, you're automatically going to develop those human needs within your life because you just you copy people that are around you. And that's yeah, and you're fulfilling uh, one of the basic requirements for the chimp brain. You know, happiness. Yeah, you and know. you probably, and you feel safe in an environment like for people like do. that. Because you know those people are gonna, you know, protect you, defend you, back you up, help you. The main takeaway of this entire podcast is change your environment to people that you want to be around that are positive. It's yeah. simple as that. As soon as you change your environment to people that are positive, in control of their lives, they know where they're going, they're they're confident within their own right, they don't need other people. As soon as you surround people like yourself with people like that, your entire life trajectory will take a U-turn. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you realize and you do a bit of self-analysis and you realize you're, <laughs> you're one of those depressing people that just brings other people down all the time, then it's up to you to change it. You yeah. Know, focus on the positive. Stop whinging. Stop moaning. Stop thinking the worst thing's going to happen around the corner. Uh, and because that's the choice we focus on. We make that choice to be anxious. We make that choice to, to do anxiety and stress and we need to make the choice to you know be happy and it is a choice yeah and it ultimately comes down to the people that you're around yeah i mean sometimes we do need help with these things and this is uh, you know it keeps me in business as a hypnotherapist we you know people do get stuck in a rut they don't know how to get out of it so they come and see me we use hypnotherapy give them tools to to get out of it and stay out of it yeah and yeah, uh, it just comes. Uh, it comes from you looking inwards and being like, "I'm a negative person. I'm not a nice person to be around. I'm stagnant. I hate my life." And then you doing something about it by speaking to a professional was the quickest way to do that. Probably, what yeah, I say, probably it, it does is. certainly help. It does certainly help. Yeah, but you've got you've got to make that first. You've got to recognize first within yourself: Are you that negative person, or are you the positive person? Are you satisfying those three base human needs that we just discussed or not? And if you're not, change your environment. You can change your environment by changing the people that are immediately around you or by putting yourself into a place with, a, with me or with Matt or with other, another professional that can then you can learn from and change yourself that way. Yeah, for sure. What an in-depth podcast. I don't know. It's heavy. Was a bit slow. was a bit slow on the offset, but we... Uh, we hit the nail on the head at the end, I think. I think we came to the, the realisation that it all comes down to the people that you're around. Yeah. Simple as that. If you change the people that you're around to the people that you want to be, or the person that you want to be like, mm. piece of cake. That's why people that join a group programme or join a, com- join a community like the one that I've got within my programme, but it, the whole thing is a lot easier. Losing weight, getting in shape, changing your lifestyle, changing your habits – it's so much easier because they're surrounded by a ton of other women that are doing exactly the same thing that they want to be doing. They just copy them, and it's just easy, and it's class is normal. But yeah. when you're surrounded by, when you're trying to improve your health, improve your mental health, your physical health, change your lifestyle, change your habits, but you're surrounded by people that smoke, drink, sit on their ass all day watching TV, sleep until noon, stay up until 2 a.m. watching Netflix, it's going to be very, very difficult. There's going to be a lot of friction within that environment aimed towards you. And you wanting to, you gotta have a lot of courage to make those changes if you're doing it alone. And that's why people grow apart. That's why the people, you, you, people that are listening to this right now, the chances are if you implement what we're talking about today and change your environment and people you're around and seek to, to satisfy these six human needs, so you can sort yourself out and then project that positivity into others. 
your friends will not be the friend, your friends today will not be the friends that you have three years from now. I can tell that from experience. Yeah, because I'm ex-military. The friends I have five years ago, I don't even speak to. I've got like two friends now. Well, I'm the same. And uh, I'd rather have a small group of really good friends. Uh, I mean, you know, the kind of friends that I can, I know I can 100% rely on. Uh, rather than a massive group of acquaintances that I can call friends, but they're not really. Yeah. Are your friends, are, they all, are your friends giving you love and connection? Are your friends contributing to your life? If they're not, they're not your friends. That's right. You're right there. Yeah. And, and I must admit, you know, the, the close friends I have now, the, the, the guys that I, you know, uh, I can phone up and chat to, and they never put me down. They never judge me in a negative way they might say oh have you ever thought about doing it slightly differently or you know but they're nurturing they're mentoring they're helping rather than being negative and those are the kind of friends you need in your life they're, they're not toxic at all and yeah. and that's why they're now my friends uh, and they're uh, you know if, if you're listening you know who you are <laughs> it's uh, you know it, it's it's the way we should be we quite often crave attention crave friendship we want to be part of a group but it's not necessarily the right group, the right friends, the right attention. And that's where you've got to be a bit confident. You've got to be a bit self-aware and you've got to realize what's good for you and what isn't and recognize that and make positive change. Yeah. It comes down, we're getting to a whole other topic here, but it comes down to you having clear values of what you want, what you stand by, you having a clear goal of where you want to be and making the necessary changes to your environment to satisfy both of those. And then once you, you know, your values guide you to make the right decision for you. And then the rest is history. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. We'll wrap it up there, Matt, because we could talk all day about all day about We this. could. Uh, uh, do we know what we're doing next? Well, uh, you can do the... Um, if you want Pros and cons of social media, yeah? Yeah, you can run the social media one if you want, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> and I'll just... Um, I'll pitch in. I mean, if it's not on the next one, it'll definitely be the one after that because there's a lot to do on uh, talk about social media pros and cons. Well, I've got, three th I've got a few things written down that have cropped up that we can talk about. Um, let me just get them up now. And you can actually decide at the time. Um, we can talk about routines. Mm -hmm. We can talk about habit hacking. Mm -hmm. Seven functions of the mind. Ooh. Any of those that you fancy? Ooh, yeah, all of them. All of them. We'll get them all done over the next few podcasts. So, uh, yeah, sounds good. Something for our listeners to look forward to. <laughs>